Recruiting has gotten so crazy that J.D. Piquel is going to ride shotgun with me today on the Inside Scoop. What's up, brother? How we doing? Appreciate having me on. Oh, man. The reason J.D.'s on is because I just need help keeping track of everything. Yesterday was kind of a microcosm of how crazy recruiting can get. First of all, four-star quarterback D.J. Lagway picks the Gators over USC. He's the number 224 quarterback in the country. We're going to talk about that later. But the number three running back in the country, Ruben Owens, decommits from Louisville. And this is just one of those days where I call Sam Spiegelman because he's the expert. And I say, Sam, you know, Ruben Owens decommitted. We're going to have to talk about this on the show about who's in it for him. Sam says, Josh, don't worry about it. He's going <laughs> to commit to Texas A&M in two hours. Mic drop. Said, OK, we'll talk about Ruben, Ruben Owens' commitment to Texas A&M on tomorrow's show. Five-star offensive tackle Samson Okunlova sets a UF official visit, then announces a decision date. Rumors about five-star corner Cormani McLean visiting Alabama, and Deion Sanders making moves on the recruiting trail. He's coming, Coach. He's coming. This is the Inside Scoop. I'm coming. I'm Josh Newberg. This is J.D. Piquel, and we're going to bring on Director of On3 Recruiting, Chad Simmons. Chad, what's up? Man, just just trying to hang in there and keep up, just like you guys. I, I don't have anybody running shotgun with me right now. I'm all I'm all alone out here on three. So, uh, no, I got a great team to work with. Guys like you guys, you mentioned Sam, other guys too, part of the team. Man, we're just we're just making that happen over here. Yeah, we're having a great time. Uh, the rumor mill got started though yesterday, and Alabama is making a move at five-star cornerback Cormani McLean. The Miami commitment chose the Hurricanes over the Gators, over Alabama, but now the tide are coming back around. What are you hearing on the potential of an official visit for Cormani McLean to Alabama? Look, Josh, anything can happen. We know, you know, things can happen last minute, plans can change, all that kind of stuff. The thing is, obviously, Lakeland has a week off this weekend before they play against Venice next weekend for the state championship. So the weekend window is there uh, for Cormani McLean. Based on what I'm told, he's set to take the ACT the first half of Saturday morning. And right now, there is not a visit to Alabama locked in for this weekend. Look, is that something they're trying to hide? Uh, you hear different people talk about maybe it's going to happen at some point this weekend. Right now, based on what I'm told, uh, as we record this, it is not expected for McLean to be in Tuscaloosa. Now, they can talk about the ACT. I know. Louisville commit Ad Adonijah Green is playing for a state championship game at 12 o'clock on Saturday and get on a plane and, and taking an OV to Cincinnati. So anything can happen uh, with Cormani McLean uh, after the ACT. But based on what I'm told right now, uh, the people close in his circle do not expect him at Alabama this weekend. So can Miami fans finally breathe a sigh of relief here with Cormani McLean? I mean, short and sweet, no, they cannot, you know, until <laughs> until a guy like that signs his letter of intent, yeah. uh, schools like Alabama, even Florida, uh, are not going to completely throw in the towel and give up. So, again, let's see what happens. Does he quietly get over to Tuscaloosa this weekend? Uh, does he go somewhere next week, you know, after the state championship game? Uh, let's wait and see. But right now, again, it looks like it's, it's pretty good for Miami at this point. Okay, well, if he makes his way to Tuscaloosa, I can promise you it will not be quietly. <laughs> Let's move on to five-star offensive tackle Samson Okunlola. He sets a UF official visit, which made big news. 
But then he makes even bigger news by announcing that he's going to make his decision on December 15th. Uh, Chad, when I when you heard that Samson Okunlola is going to make a decision on December 15th, what's the first school that came to mind to you? I mean, the one he visited last and the one he's visiting again this weekend, University of Florida. So back-to-back uh, -to -back trips to the swamp. Uh, first time uh, he got there unofficially for a multi-day visit late last month and uh, now returning this weekend. In between, there was talk about him going to Ohio State. Uh, other schools still in the mix like Miami, Michigan State, Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, but him visiting Florida back-to-back, -back, then setting a commitment date, uh, just a few days after he returns from the University of Florida OV, you have to like where the Gators sit right now heading into this final week. You've liked where Miami sits this whole time. Is this going to come down to be in an NIL battle between UF and Miami? Let me just say this. You say the whole time. Not the whole time. Much of the time. <laughs> I like where Miami sits. Uh, if you follow my Simmons scoop, you like where I've been talking about Florida trending uh, since that visit was was taking place last month. Uh, Miami's definitely the competition for the mm -hmm. University of Florida. Miami has been considered the favorite since he took the OV there back in the summer. Uh, but Florida's come on strong. You know, definitely NIL is in play here, uh, like it is for many high-profile prospects this cycle. Uh, but right now, I like where Florida's at. Miami's not going away. Both schools have been in to see Samson Okulola uh, over the last week. Uh, I like where Florida's at, but in today's recruiting game, you can't count anyone out until everything is final. Okay. Georgia sits at number two in the on-three team rankings. They're trying to make a push for the number one spot. They landed a five-star edge on Sunday, Samuel and Pimba, and now the word is they're trying to make a push to flip four-star offensive tackle Sadir Mitchell from Texas. Does he need to visit UGA between now and signing day for them to complete this flip? No, a visit's not necessary, Josh, for this flip to happen. You know, he took uh, visits to Athens officially and unofficially in the spring and summer. He knows all about the University of Georgia, has a great connection with D-line coach Trey Scott. Uh, they were up to see him right after winning the SEC championship over the weekend. Uh, Georgia's full first day on the road was Sunday. One of the first prospects they saw was Sidir Mitchell. He is an important piece to this class. Could they finish number one uh, without him? Yes, but they do want him in this class. Just days before he committed to the University of Texas back in the summer, uh, he was considered a strong Georgia lean. Uh, communication died down a little bit for a couple of months. It's kind of picked up here recently, and there seems to be some mutual interest there between Mitchell and the University of Georgia. But to answer your question, a visit is not necessary for Georgia to flip side here from the University of Texas. Chad, I got a question for you. Alabama right now is sitting atop the rankings, but here come Kirby and the dogs. Lethal on the recruiting trail. Sounds like it's going to be a big weekend recruiting-wise in Tuscaloosa. Who can we expect to be there? Yeah, I mean, you always expect Bama to close strong. And this year, this cycle should be no different. I mean, just this weekend alone, you have five-star teammates, Quay Russell, an edge rusher, then James Smith, an interior defensive lineman from Montgomery Carver uh, back on campus. for They've been there probably around double-digit times uh, throughout their recruiting career and process. And then you have five-star cornerback target Desmond Ricks, who recently reclassified from 2024 to 2023. And then you have 
one of the best stories, I think, of the year in linebacker Arian Carter from Tennessee, who went from a Memphis commit and had maybe four or five offers to now one of the most coveted linebackers in this class. And he's coming off an OB, OV from Tennessee last weekend. And then at Bama this week, it's a big battle between the two SEC schools there. But those are four guys, high profile guys that will be on their OVs to Bama this weekend. And of course, you'll let us know if Cormani McLean makes it, right? I'll do my best for sure. <laughs> Chad, you do your best all the time. And one of the uh, guys that you cover a lot is five-star athlete Nicholas Harbour. He doesn't say a lot to a lot of people, but you somehow always have the scoop on Harbour. What's the latest on his recruitment two weeks out from signing day? Look, I think it's safe to say, Josh, that that Michigan and South Carolina are likely the two top schools right now. But a school I've mentioned multiple times over the last month, month and a half is the local school, just minutes from his home, the University of Maryland. He'll be there this weekend for the official visit. I mean, he admits he has probably the best connection, you know, talking about staff as a whole with the University of Maryland. He knows that staff inside out. He's extremely close with head coach Mike Loxley. Uh, he was there kind of quietly for the Ohio State football game a few weeks ago. He was then there last week for a Maryland basketball game. Um, he feels the love. He knows he's wanting. He knows he can make an impact right away. And I think a key there, too, is Mike Loxley was the first coach to approach Nicholas about playing offense in college. We know he's a track phenom. He wants to protect that body. Uh, stay lean, stay healthy, not get banged up so he can run track. Uh, his ultimate goal is to run in the Olympic Games as well. So uh, I think that still kind of resonates with Harbor and his family, um, you know, playing offense and him being kind of the first to throw that out there. So this weekend is a very big weekend for Harbor, his family, and the other side, the University of Maryland as well, to try to, if not close that gap, even maybe take that lead as we roll into 2023. All right, let's head to South Florida. This is the last guy I want to talk to you about. Four-star defensive lineman Reuben Bain is shaping up to be a classic FSU versus Miami battle. He's going to take an official visit to Tallahassee this weekend. He'll be in Coral Gables next weekend. However, Bain just came out and said that he's going to decide on December 16th. So if I'm interpreting this right, his decision date comes one day before his official visit to Miami. Does that mean he's headed to Miami? Is it that simple? I mean, do I need to really answer this for you, Josh? I mean, <laughs> okay, you've been in the recruiting okay. game for a long time. I mean, uh, I think you probably just answered yourself right there. I mean, I think obviously Miami's in a great spot. Um, you know, he talks about, I'm going to be at the state championship game uh, next weekend. He's talked about uh, he's going to announce sometime just during that game uh, that he may do a tomahawk chop throw up the u he may have a towel he may have a t-shirt underneath his jersey and raise his jersey and show the miami or the florida state t-shirt he's going to announce in a different way but okay. i've liked miami uh really for some time for bain obviously his brothers on that staff families played at the university of miami he's been a top priority for uh, Mario Cristobal and that staff since they took over. Obviously, FSU gets an OV this weekend. He's close with Odell. Uh, Norvell's done a great job there as well. Other schools have been involved, Auburn, Alabama, Louisville, uh, along the way. But it's coming down to an in-state battle. And when you visit a school after, one day after you commit, 
I have to like their chances right now, the University of Miami. Yeah, you never know in this NIL era, but on paper, I mean, it looked like it was pretty simple to read there. Ruben Bain to Miami. Have you put in an RPM pick yet? Honestly, I don't remember. I don't think I have, but I have, <laughs> but I, but I have talked about him and kind of the narrative I've kind of told through my stories and articles is Miami could be tough to beat. So without maybe putting in an RPM pick, uh, I've definitely tried to shape the story around Miami as the favorite. Uh, and I still feel that way. Again, like you said, I mean, you don't know in today's NIL world, uh, he could commit uh, to Miami, change his mind on signing day or in between there. But right now, based on what we see, how it's playing out in the coming mm -hmm. week, week and a half, you have to like Miami's chances right now. Yeah, I do. All right. Thank you, Chad. And we will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Same to you guys. Thank you. See you, Chad. Mr. Coast to Coast himself. He's not turning off the ring for a long time on the phone. Like, he's got the volume all the way up. Do Not Disturb is not turning on for a long time for Chad Simmons, but we appreciate what's it. What's your busy season? Like, Chad's obviously in his. Sure. So what's yours? I think that, you know, 16-week stretch where we have games, like, that's probably the most heavy duty, heavy lifting, I was right. about to say, with Nick breaking in the production stuff set. But, yeah, I think that's probably the most intense part. But you and I both know, I mean, it's a 12-month sport, right. which is why we get to have, you know, the jobs that we have and why On3 is able to do things they're able to do. So... It's a 12-month deal, but that fall season is really where I think the most of the action happens for yeah. us. Meanwhile, I turn up after the season. <laughs> this is my time. Is. This is my time to shine. And everybody's here for the Buffalo recruiting talk. And that's Gosh. the segment we're about to start. Coach, I'm coming. He's coming. <laughs> He's <right>. coming. <laughs> JD, I want to slow it down, though. I do want to ask you something. When we're, we talk recruiting, it's all about talent acquisition. Mm -hmm. It's about roster management. Dion is clearing house at Colorado. But my question to you is, do you think he's handicapping himself a little bit by announcing Shador Sanders, his starting quarterback, instead of going to the portal and looking at all this talent in the portal that could come in and help? Because in this day and age of college football, it's a quarterback-driven league. It's a fair question, and I think there's two ways to look at it. One is, do you take the one in the hand versus the two in the bush? Because it still would be a push to go and get someone talented out of the portal, like a Devin Leary or insert any other name that you want to insert there. Mm -hmm. So you're taking the sure thing and a guy that you know in Trader Sanders. The other piece of this is I would you know bet my house on it. I don't have a house, but I bet my future house on it. <laughs> I don't have a that, farm, but that, I bet mine. <laughs> I bet whatever it is on it that when they talk to Deion Sanders about coming to Colorado, you understand that Dion is going to do things his way, the primetime way. Right. And a part of that way is I'm bringing my guys with me. And that includes my son playing quarterback in Shador Sanders. And to his credit, there's no data point where you say, okay, this hasn't worked because they've won like 80% of their games at Jackson State with him being the guy behind center. So is he handicapping himself? I think it's fair to, to make that conversation and have that argument. But really, I mean, like I said, look at data points. Shador Sanders won a lot of games for him, so I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, the reality is Shador Sanders is going to be the quarterback there, and they are going to have other needs to fill. So you've been hitting the portal hard, lots of videos on On3's YouTube page. Who are maybe three names that you think Deion Sanders should go after that can make an immediate impact out in Colorado? I think the first thing that I'm looking at when it comes to the whole situation at Colorado with Deion is – it was 111 last year in terms of the roster. So you got to flip the whole thing. But the biggest, I think, issue is going to be the trenches. And so when I'm looking at who's available in the portal, it's offensive tackle, Johnny Cornelius from Rhode Island. He would be a guy that I am 
hitting his cell phone day and night. A Johnny, what do you think about Colorado, man? We could use you. I think that would be a huge get. Then Drake Nugent, guy's going to transfer from Stanford. I believe he's in the top five for us in terms of interior offensive linemen. Yes. The interesting thing with him, he's actually from the state of Colorado. So if I'm Dion, I'm saying, hey, man, come home. Come home. Move some people against their will. Get some pancakes. Like, that would be the pitch for me. So the trenches are the first place I'm looking. And then adding some other elite playmakers on the outside. Treshawn Holden from Alabama, another West Coast guy, a guy that you would imagine would be a, you know, a, a, an easy pitch to make. Come back close to home, play for me, I'll develop you a little bit, get you to the NFL. Like That would be, I think, the easy pitch. So I'm excited to see what happens, but those are some of the three names that I'm watching. But with primetime in the portal, all bets are off. Anything can happen with primetime in the portal, so I'm excited to watch it happen. Yeah, it's it's evident that primetime is going to be king this offseason. Oh, yeah. It, there's no question that Deion Sanders at 0-0, yep. he's undefeated. He's going to be recruiting his butt off, and we're going to be talking a lot of Colorado football. But when week one rolls around and Nebraska comes to town, what do you think the atmosphere is going to look like in Colorado for that oh, opening gosh. game? Gosh, yeah, I think is it either week one or week or early in the year. I know it's like yeah. one of the first weeks of the season. They also season. have TCU early Dude, on too. It's it's <clears throat> gonna be on fire. It's gonna be absolutely unbelievable. I mean, think about all of the hype. Like he just got hired a couple of days ago, right? And he's got millions of videos on, or excuse me, millions of views on his videos on YouTube about you know the the press conference and the way he entered Colorado, like the entire sphere around Colorado football. If you're to buy stock in a program in terms of just hype, like you're putting all your cash into the Colorado stock because of the way it's trending. So that atmosphere will be incredible. And Josh, I want to ask you this. Mm -hmm. You would have to think that with all of the excitement that's been at Colorado before, like if Colorado ends up being successful in the the coming years under Dion, it won't be the first time that they've had success within that program. How much of that do you think is in the minds of recruits when it comes to, you know, maybe I want to play for Dion, maybe I don't, you know, all the consideration around it as a program that has been there before? See, Dion remembers when Colorado was good. Yep. I'm 40. I barely remember when Colorado was good. But if they turn it around in this offseason, you're going to see more videos of Rashan Salam rushing the football. Rashan Salam's about to get introduced into a whole new group of demographics to these younger kids. Because he was such a great player. And I think that at this point, you know, Dion is going to bring back some of the old guys yep. because Colorado is a storied program at the end of the day. You know, they did compete for a national championship, they were producing Heisman winners. Mm-hmm. So I do think Dion's going to ride that and, and introduce some of the nostalgia of the old to mm-hmm. the new. He's going to have to. Absolutely. All right, and at this point, I want to talk a little high school recruiting from the Colorado perspective. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman, another Buffalo recruiting expert. (laughs) Sam, how are you doing? I'm just wishing I was out in Boulder right now, Josh. How are we? (laughs) We're doing great. Hey, I wanted to talk to you about on 300 DB CJ Blocker, four-star prospect, has the buffs in his top five just released that yesterday. Do you think that they're going to get a visit from C.J. Blocker? Yeah, uh, we talked about Deion Sanders making a quick, instant impact. We now have an on-300 cornerback, C.J. Blocker, one of the top uncommitted DBs in the country ahead of the early signing period. And he got offered by Deion yesterday on Wednesday and now is considering a visit. He's got two visits coming up before he makes the decision on the 21st of December. He's going to head to TCU this weekend. He's supposed to go to USC next weekend. However, with Dion now offering, he's getting a chance to, to learn about that staff. We've talked about Dion Sanders' ties to the state of Texas. Um, 
Colorado is pushing USC for that last visit. We'll see what happens over the next two weeks. Travel plans are are still being made and, and modified, but Colorado quickly makes CJ Blocker's top five and is now competing with USC, TCU, and Alabama for one of the best cornerbacks commitments just a few days away from signing day. What would it tell you if Colorado was able to bump USC from getting an official visit and get CJ Blocker on campus? Even if they don't land him, what does that signify to you? It, it's a whole new it's a whole new era for Dion recruiting. I mean, we we've talked about this off the air, Josh, but you know, coaches past at Colorado have talked about just being able to get elite players on campus, see what Boulder is like, see what the campus is like, and then they can close. With Deion Sanders, you have not only one of the most charismatic recruiters and coaches in all the country, you have an absolute bona fide recruiter, an absolute closer. So if you get these elite players, these four and five star kids that can really turn around Colorado's roster on campus, um, eventually a few of them are going to commit. I can assure you that under Deion Sanders, um, that's been Colorado's issue under, in the past. Um, now you bring in Deion Sanders, I expect him to, to rewrite history and I do think these visits are going to start um, beginning this month and then certainly in cycles to come. Yeah, definitely. And one player that I'm hearing that that Colorado is making a big push for is five-star Iowa commitment, Caden Proctor. He's an offensive tackle out of the state of Iowa, committed to the in-state team. He doesn't say much on social media. He doesn't say much in interviews. But Caden Proctor did decide to tweet out the fact that Colorado offered him. Now, I got sources that are telling me that they're trying to get an in-home visit with them. I haven't been able to confirm it yet, but if they do an in-home visit with Caden Proctor, I think, again, it kind of signifies the ability of Deion Sanders to get in front of top recruits in America. Now, it might not pay off in 2023, but it could down the road. Uh, Sam, who else is Deion targeting out there from the high school level? Yeah, Dion, Dion's trying to make some noise this December, and, and you see it in the, the kids that he's offering. Um, you know, our, our Charles Power, the director of scouting and rankings for On3, is out in Mobile, Alabama, looking at Clemson commit Peter Woods. Colorado has offered Peter Woods. You're talking yep. about Stacy Gage, the number one running back in the country out of Tampa, Florida. He's got an offer from Colorado. Um, Kylan Fox, someone who's making their commitment in, in eight or nine days, um, an On300 tight end from Georgia. Colorado offer. Um, what we're seeing is Dion is not afraid to offer kids that are four and five star kids that are in the news that are committed elsewhere that are considering the blue bloods of college football. He offered Sterling Dixon, the top 100 junior edge that just committed to Alabama this time a week ago. They're going after the best players, um, whether they get them on campus, whether they get in home visits that again, it remains to be seen. But Dion's not shying away from this challenge. He's going after the best players in America, the guys that you and I talk about every Monday, every Thursday. Um, that is in the news every single day in the news cycle. Um, it just shows that that everyone is going to be on the table with Deion Sanders recruiting. And I do think that that opens the door for some interesting storylines in this in this beat. It absolutely does. You know, Sam, down the stretch, I'm not saying Dion's going to flip a major power five commitment from another school. He probably will. I'm just not going to say it. I'm not going to say it out loud, yeah, but he probably will. <laughs> Are teams across the country going to be sweating it out on signing day just the pure fact that Colorado's kind of circling their shark, they're a shark in the water there. Do you think that teams just out of nowhere are going to feel the pressure being put on them by Deion Sanders? I'm not sure they're going to feel the pressure right away. Um, you know, I think if Deion had a full year under his belt and was, was certainly, you know, in a, in a, in a rhythm at this point, maybe 
I think we've talked about this before, but I think he's going to hit the transfer portal and find players that can come to Colorado immediately, help out and see the field immediately. He's said as much. Um, I think that the, right now most of the college coaches are focused on the transfer portal. Yeah, we, we're talking about recruiting and in-home visits, but I think right now in early December the focus is still on the transfer portal, and I expect Deion Sanders to clean up there. Um, and then I think you know down the road with some of these high-profile recruits, we've talked about Travis Hunter, and I think there's a, there's, a, there's a dozen more kids that we're going to talk about over the next couple of months where all of a sudden we already see Colorado in top fives, top fours, top threes. Eventually they're going to land a few of them. Right. Hey, Sam, my question around Dion on the recruiting trail, why Jackson State might be different from Colorado for him, is he more dangerous at Colorado? Because originally at Jackson State, it's okay, it's an FCS school. You're going to have to trust me and what I can do for you to get you to the next level. At Colorado, it's like, hey, we're in the Pac-12. There's a ton of exposure. You can do anything you want coming to Colorado in general. Oh, also, I'm here. Is he, is he more dangerous at Colorado? Certainly. I think, you know, I think what he did at Jackson State and, and giving so much attention to HBCUs and, and changing that culture around there, that was that was outstanding. Mm -hmm. And now you're taking it to the Pac-12, you're taking it to the Power 5 ranks. Um, he's going to have more, more donors in his pocket, um, trying to help him accomplish what he wants to accomplish. You know, Josh and I have talked about, he's an, he's an NIL machine himself. He is Deion Sanders tonight when we watch Thursday Night Football, I would be surprised if we don't see a commercial featuring Deion Sanders. Um, you know, there's there's been reports popping out about, you know, getting out of his own checking account to help out Jackson State. He's going to put Colorado on the map. Um, I think, you know, when you're at a bigger school and we talk, you know, if you can get kids to Boulder to see that beautiful campus, compete against the USC's, the Oregon's of the world, the, you know, though that's the stage that kids want to be on and they want to play for someone like Dion who's going to help them win, who's going to help them get exposure and going to help them play on not only Saturdays, but eventually Sundays. He knows it as well as anyone in the country. All right, Sam, last night I was prepping for the show and I saw that Ruben Owens, the number three running back in America, decommitted from Louisville. So I texted you, Sam, and I said, hey, we got to talk about this decommitment on the show. And you said, what did you tell me? Too late, my friend. <laughs> Too late. Ruben Owens committed to Texas A&M. Jimbo does what Jimbo does in the offseason, and that's land five-star players. Tell me about Ruben Owens and how Texas A&M was able to pull this off. You talk about consistent pressure on, on a kid, an in-state target for, for three or four years at this point. Ruben's been committed to Texas. He's been committed to Louisville since the summertime. Texas A&M never took their foot off the gas since the summer. Tommy Robinson has been leading his recruitment um, for several years at this point. I remember when he was committed elsewhere, you had Georgia and A&M continuing to stop by the school this time years ago. Um, it's finally come full circle with the coaching change at Louisville. Um, Ruben Owens, a record-setting running back out of El Campo, Texas. Um, you talk about not only production but um, as a runner, but he's a fantastic pass catcher. Um, Devon Chain going to the NFL out of Texas A&M. I think that was an eye-opener for Ruben Owens, seeing what Devon accomplished at Texas A&M, a bona fide speedster. Ruben Owens is bigger, um, more productive coming out of high school. I think as, as you know, LJ Johnson hit the transfer portal, I think the depth chart opened up for Ruben. He wants to come in and play quickly. Um, you know, Texas A&M is trying to flip their season around very quickly next year, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jimbo Fisher to do that. And he's bringing in ready-to-play players like Ruben Owens to, to help that fact. Yeah, number 32 player overall. If you're the number 32 player overall, you're expected to come in and play right away. I mean, it's just how it is. And with Devin A-Chain moving on, Ruben Owens, it's your time to shine. Uh, I consider this a flip. Now, let me tell you, a flip is when a recruit goes from, like in this instance, he just goes from Louisville to Texas A&M. 
There's no decommitment in the middle unless I apply a 24-hour rule. Okay. So if a recruit decommits and commits to another school within 24 hours, it's still a commitment. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. No overlap. Right. But if, if Owens was to decommit last night and commit to A&M on Sunday, I wouldn't call it a flip. Interesting. So what term do you put to that then? He just kind of changed his no, mind? No, this was a flip because okay. it was within that 24 hours. So, so it, even it, though he technically decommitted, like most of the time during a flip, a, a recruit won't say that I'm decommitting. Right. He'll just say, like, I'm flipping from Florida to Georgia okay, or fair. whatever. He just he, he moves his commitment from one school to another. Mm -hmm. In this case, he, he did decommit. I still consider it a flip. So if he were to commit on Sunday, it's just a decommitment slash recommitment. Re another new commitment. commitment. Got yeah. it. Cool. Yeah. Right. So for those scoring at home, Reuben Owens was a flip. After further review, <laughs> was a flip. Sam, last guy I want to talk to you about to you about is longtime Ole Miss commitment, Suntering Perkins, four-star linebacker. Alabama has been flirting with him for months now. Is it going to happen? Are we going to see a flip down the stretch from Suntering Perkins from Ole Miss to Alabama? Yeah, I think this month will, will tell us all we need to know in that department. Um, there are conflicting uh, buzz about Suntering Perkins, who's going to visit Ole Miss officially next weekend after the Alabama-Mississippi game this weekend. They'll head to Ole Miss, and they're going to do everything in their power to get the number one player in the state, in my opinion, one of the best players overall in this class, to sign with Ole Miss in December. Talking to people close to Perkins over the past week, that is not a sure thing. He's saying he's going to sign early. He is you know, committed to Ole Miss and has been for a year, but Alabama has not gone away um, because of the Alabama-Mississippi game going on this weekend and Ole Miss getting an official visit next weekend. Alabama is doing everything in its power to get Suntareen Perkins to extend his recruitment till February, which I believe is going to be the case that should open the door for Suntareen to make at least one more visit to Tuscaloosa, spend time with Nick Saban and Pete Golding, who have him at the top of their defensive board for this 2023 class. Um, if he does extend this till February and sign then, I do think Ole Miss will be able to get him on campus. Um, I, I think that Ole Miss has really dug in well with Suntareen after Alabama has surged at multiple points in his recruitment. They were the leader early on. They, they had him on campus at Alabama over the summer and a flip was in the works. Ole Miss has held on. I think they will hold on, but Alabama's not going anywhere, and this could tread into February. All right. Well, if it does go into February, I agree with you. I think if Ole Miss has a shot at signing, it's going to be during the early signing period. If this thing goes into February, forget it. He's going to Alabama. All right. Thank you, Sam, for joining us on the Inside Scoop. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for having me, guys. Whew. It's One of the fast. best in the biz. It One comes, of the best in the biz. It comes fast and it comes furious. The scoop on this show is just amazing. So before we, we get out of here, I want to just play a little game with you. What did you learn today on the inside scoop? I'll tell you what I learned yeah, after. Yeah, please. After so I, I think the first is the definition of a flip. Like that was insightful to me. I think the other is just how, you know, how many options these kids have. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it used to be, at least to my recollection, if a kid decommits, it's going to be, I'll probably take a month, two weeks, take other visits. And now with Ruben Owens, like last night, we saw, okay, A&M must have at some point in time been in play throughout the whole process. And so when you're recruiting, you got to recruit these kids year-round. You're committed to another school. That's great. You're talking to somebody else. Right. Well, we're still, you know, messaging you. We're still in your mailbox, like all these things. And I think that's just fascinating and speaks so much to the year-round nature just that is recruiting. A lot of moving parts. 
a lot of moving parts. It's unbelievable. Keep between, those legs moving. <clears throat> between NIL, between the relationships, between coaching changes. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything is kind of moving all at once as we approach signing day, and it's a big game of musical chairs. Never is it over until you get triple zeros. Until, right. until pen meets paper, everybody's available. And Everybody, then, everybody's JD, available. wait till you get into the world of waivers, okay? No, <laughs> we're not gonna do that today. All right, what did I learn? I think one of the most significant things that Chad came on and said was the bit about Cormani McClain not visiting Alabama, or most likely not visiting Alabama. Because after what happened to Miami with Jaden Rashada, mm -hmm. to lose Cormani McClain would just be an absolute backbreaker to all the work that Miami's done this this cycle. So we'll see if that holds up. But thank you for joining me today. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. I appreciate having me on. Signing day coming up and uh, excited to be locked and loaded with you. We're going to do this again. So don't, yeah. don't go too far. No, for We're sure. We'll cross collab. All right. Thanks, JD. See you guys. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.